0: The Morning Brew is brought to you by West Rock Coffee. It's time for your Morning Brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Orlando Franklin staying in for be joining us here coming up at 7.30. He's doing some national TV in uh, New York FS1. Oh, thank you for coming in. And... Expand on something you and I were just talking about during the break, yeah. if you will. The, well, the the concern you have about Sean Payton, who interviewed along with Raheem Morris with the Broncos yesterday.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, before that, we were talking about the fact of whenever you're looking at a head coach that's already been a head coach in the National Football League, there's always going to be things that you could tear apart on that coach's resume because he's done it before. And for whatever reason, he's not doing it at the team that he was doing it at. Right. So there's always going to be that aspect. But when I look at Sean Payton, Sean Payton has an arrogance to him that just, for me, left a fan in me. And you guys got to realize, when I look at the Denver Broncos, I am a fan of the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos changed my life. So I will always be a fan. There's a reason why we live here in Colorado. I promise you, it's not because of what's on going on on the ground this morning, right? But the arrogance of Sean Payton, you mix that with the fact that he's going to want a $15 million deal a year. You mix that with after a year, he could now become the GM for the Denver Broncos and what the situation ended up being out there in New Orleans when that salary cap is right up against it. And I'm scared. I'm scared of what he would do to this organization if things don't go his way. And right now, just in an NFL locker room, there's already arrogance that comes with it. And these guys have all these different personalities where I, I just don't know that Sean Payton coming in from scratch would be the guy. You know, everybody looks at Bill Belichick and, and how New England had won. Well, you had a superstar in Tom Brady that didn't want superstar treatment. All right. So when I got to the Saints and saw um, Drew Brees, I was absolutely enamored with him. The way that he worked, the way that he went about his business. Heck, we're doing our conditioning test, and I'm watching him kick Adrian Peterson's butt every single time. And he's that leader. He's the face of that organization. So, for me, when you have somebody that will follow suit, you're going to be okay. But I don't know that we have anybody that's going to say, "Hey, let's follow suit right away." He might turn it. He might tear it down because of it. All right, I want. I want to push back.
0: I want to debate that. That arrogance. Uh, viewpoint. We'll do that coming up after the brew. But uh, next on the brew, the Nuggets win again, one twenty-two to one thirteen. Little twist on this one as head coach Michael Malone was in the uh, health and safety protocols, missed the game. Assistant David Adelman took over and led the team to victory. We do what we do, and I know uh, coach wasn't here, but you know Ryan, you know runs the defense, and I help a lot of the offense and. You know the, the messages were the same, and I think you have to do that when someone's out. Just like if a player's out, you know, a good player, somebody else has to step up and, and continue what, what you do. You don't change everything. We've had such a cohesive staff here; we're so lucky. You know, the NBA isn't always like that, and uh, tonight showed it. Well, it certainly helps when you have Nikola Jokic, who submitted just a, a, another sublime performance in which he scored 36 points, missing two shots, two shots. He missed a shot from the field, a three-point attempt, and he missed a free throw. Hmm. That's it. Yeah, when you're on, you're on. That's it.
1: I'll tell you what. Who does that? The, the, the <laughs> three-time-in-a-row MVP. That's who, That's who does it, it? Right? Does it yes. Right? But uh, Michael Porter Jr. had a great game as well. He's coming along, and, you know, I don't know if that was because of the absence of Coach Malone. Maybe not. A little, maybe a little less pressure. A little less, hey, you know, get back on defense. Substitute what you teachers doing? in today. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, substitute <laughs> teacher goods in, and you just go crazy.
0: <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Michael Porter Jr. had a heck of a game. So the Nuggets uh, continue to roll. Next on the morning brew. Shot D! Hey, uh, Chauncey, I can never call Chauncey the villain, even if he's coaching one of the teams in the Nuggets division as he is coaching the Portland Trailblazers. But Chauncey, Chauncey's always going to be uh, king around here. Mr. Big Shot was back in town yesterday, of course, with the Blazers. And he stopped by his old high school, uh, George Washington High School, where they named the basketball court after him. How about that? Mm,
1: unbelievable. Uh, great job, great job. I mean, the the things that keep on happening, and obviously, you know, John C continues to be very close with that high school. And you don't just get the basketball court named after you after many many years because now you're a head coach and you're just back in Colorado. No, he stays close to that program and he he keeps a, a a hand in it and he's able. I've heard that he he's very close with that coach and they speak every once in a while. But whenever he is town in town, like we saw yesterday, goes back there. So just that's just absolutely amazing because as a player, a person that played sports, Mike, that means the world to these kids to be able to see a, yeah. a guy that's been yeah. there, that's done it at the highest level. But yep. oh, now you're a coach too. That even means more for some of these kids in some of these communities because they're saying, "Man, if I get good enough and go to college, you know, maybe Chauncey comes knocking or, or calling me on draft day." So I love the fact that he's still very much um, in. Um, back and forth with his high school, and, and the fact that they just
0: named the court after him. Next on the uh, morning brew. For everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you kiss my ass. The Abs are in Calgary tonight, which means another reunion with Nazem Kadri. Mm. Naz is doing uh, just fine. Got paid, <laughs> and he's he's playing well. He leads Calgary in goals. He's got 17 goals, 18 assists, 35 points. Yeah, but it's that not would enough. look That would look good in an Avalanche jersey. Did the Avalanche make a mistake in letting Naz
1: walk? Absolutely. I, I said it right when it was happening. I said it a few weeks ago, and I continue to say it. I think the easier thing to do would have been to get a replacement for Samuel Girard because I know that although Naz was never going to get a seven-year deal here, I would have been perfectly fine giving him a four- or five-year deal here. Because I truly believe he was the heart and soul of this hockey team. And we've seen so many different guys in and out the lineup. And Nas was one of those guys. Whether he was in the lineup or out the lineup, he grabs a guy and says, hey, let's go. Those guys respond. The Avalanche has taken a huge drop as far as their face-off win percentage. And that's how they have created a lot of offense. And he was a stud at that as well.
0: But you say, yeah, I would have signed him to four to five years. But come on, you, you, you're you an ex-athlete. You understand that you only have one opportunity to, to make money in this, in this league, in this sport. Why should he take a four to five year deal if he knows somebody's going to give him seven, which he got from... Mm. The Flames. Yeah.
1: So immediately when it, the abs reached down and they were talking three years, I knew that was never going to get it done. That's why I'm saying four to five. Four to five is like, hey, meet us in the middle. You know, um, Nas going to Calgary fully understood that, hey, I'm not going to go win a championship there. think athlete will take less to be in a more comfortable situation, but you got
0: to try to meet them halfway. Or once you get that championship, do you now think more about the payday? I get what you're saying, that when you haven't won the championship, maybe you are willing to take less to win that championship. But once you win the championship, then are you thinking, hey, I got the ring. Now I want to maximize my earning potential. Hey, unfortunately, that is some
1: people's thought process. I've never got that with Nas. Uh, I've known Nas since 2012. Oh, and I would go back to Toronto. He went to
0: he went to Calgary thinking
1: he's going to win a cup there. I I he went to Calgary thinking that hey, I just watched a couple people exit Calgary. Hopefully, they they keep on pushing their chips in the table. This is one sign of them pushing some chips in. Hopefully, they continue to do that. But I don't think it was just about the money. Valdo for the morning brew.